Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Night Court. We are with you, coming to you from Detroit. <laughs> Detroit basketball. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. We're in Detroit getting ready for the Super Bowl tonight between the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies and the Detroit Pistons. I'm Rob Fisher. Brevin Knight is here as well. This is Night Court. We thank you for listening and tuning in each and every week. And uh, we got a lot of basketball that we will talk about uh, throughout the NBA and also the Grizzlies and what the Grizz have been doing here recently since we last talked last week and what's uh, coming up for the Grizz as well. BK, how are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We, uh, we left from the Valley of the Sun. Mm. It, was, it was beautiful there. Yeah. And we've come here. To, 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 <laughs> to Detroit, where it's cold. Although it's cold back in Memphis, apparently, when we get back there, too. But the thing I always tell people, you know, I lived in Cleveland for a lot of years and really enjoyed, enjoyed the fans, enjoyed my time there. But the only problem I had was in the winter, there's no sun. No. So at least down back at home, it may get cold and breezy, but the sun's going to come out. But at least there's sun. Yeah, that's I, true. I, and as long as the sun can come out, I feel like it, the day can still be all right. Yeah. You like Detroit? I, I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I dislike Detroit. Okay. We, we spend very little time here. Yeah. I've never been here when the weather is good. No. So it's hard to give a, a true assessment of a place when you've only been there in the winter time. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I like where, you know, I like the place that we used to stay. I and mean, we're, we're really nice. Yeah. Opposed to that, that's it at this point. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little city. Um, I've been here in the summer and been to a baseball game and it's, it's, it's really, I went to old Tiger Stadium. I haven't been to the new ballpark, but I went to Old Tiger Stadium, which was an experience in itself. <laughs> that place was a dump, man. <laughs> well, one, one of those places that it's, it's, <laughs> it's got that aura and that mystique because it's a dump. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it, it's old. That's kind of like how the Boston, Boston Garden was. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, there was nothing. The, the floor was coming up. <laughs> the showers were, were not good. Uh, but, but people, you would still want to go there. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I kind of would like it, and I guess, to what Cleveland summers were, where the weather's nice, you're by the water. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so I, I, I would maybe one time I'll come here. I think they got a good golf course. There's, I will be here because they, they, have, they have a – a historical golf course here in this area. So maybe one time oh. during the summer, I'll get back. All right. And we're right across the, down the road from uh, Canada. Exactly. Here. We can drive so, on over. Yeah. We can head on over to Canada if we'd like. We're not. We're not going to. But uh, we could. We could if we wanted to. Um, all right. Before we look back at the week for the Grizzlies, I want to just talk about tonight's game. Um, and and we're, Grizzlies playing Detroit tonight. You might be listening to this after this game already. But going into this game, uh, I was asked this morning about, you know, oh, how excited are you of the Grizzlies in Detroit? Kind of sarcastically because, you know, two really bad teams right now to start the season. And I said, this is terrifying. It's a terrifying game, and it feels like the biggest game of the year. And you're taking on Detroit because this team has lost 17 straight games. They haven't won since October 28th. But listen, and they're due, man. They are due. <laughs> and, and so the, the, that's what makes it a little bit scary. And the Grizzlies are playing well. And, you know, the one thing you like to stay away from in these instances is you don't want to look at their record. What you want to look at is that they compete extremely hard. They give themselves chances to win games. They just haven't been able to win games in the end. Uh, and so the Grizzlies, again, want to put them, make sure that they're in that situation where they have to make plays in the fourth quarter to enable them to win this game. But you're exactly right. When – when they came up the schedule and they said who we were playing during this, during this uh, end season tournament time that we didn't make it, 
And they pulled up Detroit. I was wishing and hoping that they would win a game yeah. before we got to them. Just because it is, like you said, it's inevitable that they're going to win again at some point. You just don't want to be that team. Right. Let's let them win tomorrow. <laughs> they can win whenever they want. But this Grizzly team. But the thing I say for the Grizzlies that's good is they're in a good place. Yeah. This, this isn't the same Grizzlies team that, that we had seen start the year. I think they found a defensive groove that's allowed them to be better on the offensive end. Uh, and, and so hopefully if they have that, the mentality that they've played with here in the last week to 10 days, then they should be fine tonight. It's weird because the Grizzlies were playing hard, not getting the results for a good stretch. And then there was just a bad stretch. A stretch, we talked about it on the show last week, where it was just a stretch where it didn't feel like they were playing well, didn't feel like the effort was there. Marcus Smart lights into the team during a timeout. Um, Derek Rose said some things post-game about the team. Um, it, it just felt like, wow, what, what's happened? They've gone quickly into a bad place. And when you have a bad record, you don't want to be in that bad place. But now they've come out of it, and they've played really well. They've played hard. And, and that's... That's the thing about this team. You know, they, they have so many guys that are out, but for them to have a chance, they got to play hard, and they're doing that again. And so they're giving themselves a chance every night. Yeah, and the good thing, you, you think about the two names that you said were pieces that this team had been void of in the past, which is veteran leadership. Yeah. And that's what you saw from those two guys during the game from Smart and then post-game from Derrick Rose in terms of communication needed to be better on both ends of the floor. And that communication would lead to covering up for mistakes. Uh, it would let you know that your teammate is there to have your back. Uh, and then for Marcus Smart, just giving the effort. There's a, a level of effort that this team needs to display on a regular basis. And since that talk, since the Derrick Rose post-game uh, presser, we've seen that energy level that you're accustomed to seeing from Memphis Grizzlies teams. And, and because of it, they've had a, a level of success. And so hopefully that has resonated enough with everyone as to how they have to play no matter who's on the floor, who's not there, even when guys come back. The mentality shouldn't change for this team in terms of how they're going to execute and play. Because when they do that, uh, it is a totally different team. Give me a better answer. Because when I'm asked, what do the Grizzlies need to do to win? It, to me, it just comes down to that easy answer of, well, they just got to play really hard, you know, because that'll give them a chance. Give me a better answer. Well, the, better, the, better, the better answer is defensively they need to be connected, first and foremost. Because offensively, you understand you have, you have two guys that you're going to play through and, and Dez and Jaron, but still two guys that are still learning their way of how to play against differing de multiple defenses, double teams, uh, things that they haven't seen on a regular basis. And, and what has enabled – the team to be successful is on the defensive side, they've been able to come up with stops. They've been able to force turnovers. They've been able to get out and run and score easy baskets where there were no fast break points to start the season. The pace of the game wasn't there. I think that's the other thing that has changed. Their pace has upped some to give them those opportunities. And so I think, yes, play with energy, play hard. But if you dive into it, defensively, they had to keep guys in front. You got to know who's rotating. And it's not just the initial rotator. It's now who covers up for the rotation guy. And then get on the backboards, clear rebounds. And something that we have seen here lately is the advance of the basketball, throwing the ball ahead. But I said you can only throw the ball ahead if someone is ahead. <laughs> you remember? Sure. For, for so long, we were, the guy would be dribbling the ball, and there'd be three guys behind the guy dribbling. And so they, there, there have been, there's been a, a better sense of urgency 
for this team that has allowed them to be able to, to put themselves in winning situations. And then the bench has come back. That has been the other signifying change for this team is that guys that have come off the bench are making major contributions to this team. Is that a matter of it just took some time? Yes. It took time because it was – we were asking – Whenever you lose guys and guys move up in the rotation, that means you're asked to play more minutes, you're asked to do more. But those guys had to get used to doing more right. because for so long it was just in a support of the other people. Well, now you're not – the support is to support yourself because your support of yourself helps this team. And so, yes, it took time. But I think it also took time for Taylor and his coaching staff of how and what, who to play, how to play them. And, and remember I said this in our last podcast, you're going to have to change – maybe the thought process of what you thought this team was going to be before the season as to where you are right now. Right. And I think they've done a good job with starting to do better with adjusting to where this team is right now, not trying to play the way that they thought we were going to be able to play to start the year. Who we are as opposed to who we want to be. Exactly. And, and listen, that can change as, as guys get back and get a job back from suspension. Things can maybe change and gravitate towards what they were, what they were thinking. But at the present moment, you, you got to coach the team that you have. You got to make the adjustments with the team and the players that you have. You can't try to fit them into a mold that you wanted it to be. Right. Um, there, are, there are very few trends that are positive for the Grizzlies this year. One of them is they're four and two when they lead at the half. Lead at the half. <laughs> <laughs> do that more often. <laughs> do, do that more. Um, the other one is they're two and oh when Derrick Rose starts. I thought Derrick Rose was, uh, it, it was, again, they're taking time. You, you do not want to tax Derrick Rose this early in the season because you know how important he can be on the back end of the season uh, as having another true point guard on the floor uh, and not just someone that's a quasi-point guard. And so I thought they were slow in getting him immersed into what this team would be like. But also the big thing was physically he had to be ready to take on that task. And I thought – at that moment, they needed someone to settle things down. And Derrick Rose understands the position. I thought he watched enough. But I thought also for Derrick Rose individually, he was able to settle himself down to be able to play at a pace that was conducive to where he is at this point. Not overrunning his move. I thought when he first started, he was overrunning his moves, wasn't able to really slow down. He was, at, he was playing at a breakneck pace. That pace has taken maybe one step back, but he hasn't slowed down at all. Mm. And he's been able to finish better, get into the basket. The mid-range jump shot has been there. And so I think his, his calming influence uh, on this team uh, has, has really paid dividends. And I remember the one – what game were we winning? What, was the, the Dallas game. No, he didn't play the Dallas game. Yeah, he, did. The, he did play the Dallas. Yeah. Where he had to come back in and oh. the home – no, it was a home game. It was a home game. Was the home Utah. game, Utah. Yeah. And he played, played well. And they thought they had things in hand. And then they had to put him back in in the fourth quarter. And he gave me the look like, man, I thought this was over. <laughs> because uh, you know, realistically, you would like to keep him at 25, 26 minutes. If you can play him there, then I think that keeps his body at least in shape to be able to play the next game. It's when you start getting up 34, 30, now that puts you in jeopardy of what happens the next game. Yeah, schedule's been good for him uh, yes. this, these last couple of weeks with the, the days off because of the in-season tournament and, and things like that. And then the, day, you know, the days off between his last game to when he's going to play tonight against Detroit. So I think it's worked out pretty well for him. But uh, what we've seen in the time that we've seen him already this year, I, I, I think we've gotten what you could have hoped for from Derrick Rose already. 100%. Uh, like I said, it was – 
the influence being in the locker room, yeah. first and foremost. Uh, and then what he's done on the floor. It's good to always be able to say what a veteran guy is doing on the floor more than just what they're talking about on the bench. And we can talk about Derrick Rose not just being a leader. We can talk about all of the positives he's done on the floor. And even on the defensive side, he has been there for this team. Yeah. Hadn't taken a step back. Hasn't been, oh, let's cover up for Derrick. No, he has taken on uh, the, a defensive mindset that has also helped this team. Yeah. Uh, Grizzlies uh, lost, or, or yeah, lost in Phoenix on Saturday. Um, but one of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s oh. greatest games. I mean, he was an absolute monster and dominant, and maybe the best player on the on the floor. He he was he was the the most imposing player on the floor by far in that game. And I know he's had a game of 46, 48, I think he's at, in terms of scoring more points. Mm -hmm. But it was his most dominant performance of his NBA career to me uh, with the way that he was able to score and finish and the mindset that he had in terms of being able to dominate physically while showing his skills. Yeah. And, and it was, hopefully for him, is it something that he saw that something I can do on a regular basis if I do it this way, and, and, and in that way was didn't shy away from contact, use contact to be able to free himself to get better looks. We always talked about all of his shots up until that point had been contested shots. And it was finally a game where he made moves and was physical enough that a lot of those shots weren't contested. And so he was able to finish. And he did another good job of double-figured free throws in that game, another good job of getting to the free throw line, which this year, I mean, in, in past years, if you got free throws from Jaron in the game, you were like, cool, we got some. Now you're getting six-plus free throws a game from him, uh, which shows his aggressiveness. So I, I thought it was overall combined what he did on the defensive side also. Yeah. I thought it was his most uh, imposing game of his NBA career. Um, we mentioned him last week on the podcast for the first time ever. Uh, Going to mention him again this week, Vince Williams Jr. Mm. Uh, we got something here in Vince Williams? We, we, we got something. We, we gonna, I want to I continue to watch it and see how it continues to develop. Uh, but we have – His knack for the basketball is, is, is fantastic. It's uncanny yeah. how, he, how he can always be – he's not going to be the biggest, most physical no. player on the floor, but he is always around the basketball. Uh, he is – I heard him talk about uh, yesterday – I guess yesterday he was talking about who he watches and it's Patrick Beverly. And a little bit you watch his game, it's like, yeah, he's, he's a subtle instigator. Patrick Beverly is overt instigator. You know what he's going to do. But he is subtle. The way he touches, the way I watch is the way he touches guys defensively. You don't see a lot of people doing this on, on the defensive side. And if you, if you watch our games, just watch how much he touches the offensive player. Just walking down the floor, a little hit on the side, a little touch in the chest. Nothing that's going to cause a foul, but just that lets you know that he's there at all, at all times. And so on the defensive side, they needed somebody like that, especially at that wing position, to be able to deal with other wings. I mean, he, we put him on Booker, played Kevin Durant, and he was getting into them. The guys, the guys are, are noticing that he's there. Right. Uh, and then on the offensive end, between the rebounds, and he's made shots for this team. And the good thing is he just plays within himself at all times. And so the jovial, smiling guy that we've seen for so long, who I've always enjoy watching he has a inner burning fire in him that comes out once he steps on the floor and, and it's been uh it's been such a a positive for this team uh and a and much needed 
play from him and the boost that he's been able to give. I thought it was really cool watching him guard Durant because a lot of times when you see guys like Durant and, and if it's somebody who isn't a formidable guy against him, you know, just kind of roll your eyes or shove him off or, you know, just get away, like shoo him away like he's a gnat. <laughs> but it, but it was, it was kind of cool to watch because Durant was smiling with him and kind of, you know, hitting him on the back and, and like you said, you know, Vince gets his hands on you all the time and Durant would kind of shove him away, mm -hmm. but then he'd accept it and take the contact. And it was like he, he gave him really good respect. And, and I thought that was really cool to watch that, that Vince got that from KD. Um, and, it, and, and, it, and Vince just never stopped smiling, which is... Which would drive me crazy if I'm on, if I'm the other guy. Yeah, that's why I say he does, he does it in a different way than Patrick yeah. Beverly, but the same mentality of how, what they're trying to get accomplished. And right. the thing I think about is, it was something that a lot of the players that have come from VCU, it's the way that they play when they're at VCU. Mm -hmm. It was always the underdog school. Right. It's a smaller school, can't win, but they would go out and just bust you behind because they play harder than you. Yeah, and they were, they had the skill to go along with the effort. And you put those two together, you have success, and that's what we're seeing from Vince. You uh, did you have a moment as a as a young player where a guy you're guarding a guy, and the guy just kind of was like, "All right, okay," a little pat on the head. That's every somebody, night for me. Somebody gave me a pat on the head. That was every night because <laughs> because I was shorter than everybody. <laughs> so uh, so the so the pats on the head happened, but then it would it would turn to frowns later on. It was like, damn, I'm tired of you stealing this ball from me. Right. I'm tired of you hitting my hand every time. See, I, 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 why I say I watch Vince and what he does is because in a lot of ways it's, it's the little things that I had to do in order to be successful, right. which is I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to touch you. Bigs, y'all get the ball inside. They always going to look to see where I was at. Was I digging down to get? Yeah, though, so, yeah, I, 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 those moments for me were every night because every night I stepped on the floor was like, all right, we were kind of respect. We seen what you've done, but you're still only five nine, right? Five ten. You're five ten, but I'm like, okay, you just you continue to think that. And at the end of this game, that pat on the head became a pat on the back. Like, right. damn, good game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Santi Aldama's playing well off the bench. I mean, that's the thing. The bench has been, the bench has helped here in these wins because the bench for a while you were getting six points from the bench. So as we said, your answer is awful. Said, well, I said your answer to what's the change? Yeah, that was the other part of the change. We've we've been able to get bench production, not just spot minutes. The two different things: spot minutes to give your guy a break, a four or five minute break, so that that guy can go back in. Now you, these are productive minutes where Taylor doesn't have to rush to put guys back in the game. I'm still going to say that you got to have Jaron or Dez on the floor at all times. Right. You don't want to force too many guys to be in too much of a position to have to do it all. Those two on the floor at least takes a little bit of the defensive uh, adjustments. They take the defensive mindset that the teams have to stop them. That still gives these other guys an opportunity to be successful. But uh, they, they've been great. Santi has done a, a fantastic job inside and out. Mm -hmm. uh, we even see Santi make mid-range jump shots on pull-ups here as of late. And so... Uh, I, I think that, that everyone has grown. Everyone uh, understands where it is, and, and, and they're becoming acclimated to what their roles are with this team. Yeah, uh, it, including Jalen Noel. Amazing. Amazing to see a guy come in and, and not only impress, but impress so much that he's put in the starting lineup as quick as he was. Well, and the thing here's I'll tell you about Jalen. I thought Jalen Noel was one of those guys that says, just a bucket getter. Yeah. 
You know, it's, and, and, and if he's not scoring, then you got to take him out. He's not helping you, which hasn't been the case at all. I mean, we've had two games now where he has not shot one game. He didn't make a shot at all, but he still was influential on the floor because he still makes basketball plays, winning plays. Um, and then we've seen when he knocks down shots, what, what it can be. And so I think it's, he has been a, a true revelation uh, for this team, a great pickup, and just another, another guy that has a little bit of size, a little bit of athleticism. This is the other thing that this team was void of at that wing spot. Yeah. Uh, Grizzlies uh, taking on the Pistons tonight, trying to win two out of three on this road trip, get their sixth win of the year, which every win is precious. I was with some people from Detroit last night, and they're like, yeah, but we need the win more. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you, got, you, you guys are, at this point, you guys, you guys need a win just because of a win. We, yeah. we need wins because we are trying to keep pace so that when Ja Morant gets back, Luke Kennard, Marcus Smart, Brandon Clark later on down the road, when you start to be able to get guys back from injury, you still want to be in shouting distance of the 10th spot so that you are able to get into the play-in. They, the Detroit Pistons are not worrying about getting into anything, <laughs> any type situation like that. No. So this is far more a bigger game for this Grizzlies team than the Pistons. Uh, Grizzlies will have the Pistons, and then on Friday they'll host the Minnesota Timberwolves again. Uh, they played really well the last time these two teams played. Uh, Timberwolves in first place. They've been in first place now more days this season than they have in their entire franchise history. The, hey, How about that? It's a credit to everybody, everybody going to say it's a credit to Anthony Edwards what he does, but I think it's also a credit to Carl Anthony Towns mm -hmm. um, with with how he's been able to play and and he's gone back to the scary Carl Anthony Towns. Two with, guys that I hate to give credit to: Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, and two guys that have really changed the trajectory of this Minnesota yeah. team. Yeah. And, and Gobert doing what he does on the defensive side, but then on the other side, I think Cat has done a good job of using his size. Yeah. Like, not just bailing he's people out. He's been good. I mean, against yes. us, that was one of the best games he's played. Yes. Not bailing people him. out with jump shots. Uh, and, and so they and, – and then you got the orchestrator, Mike Conley, there to make sure that it all, it all stays together. And they'll get, they'll get guys back who were injured, which makes them a longer, more deadly team, especially from the, on the perimeter. Uh, then the Grizzlies will have Dallas. Obviously, they're different without Luka. I mean, that's, that's very obvious. Um, and without Luka, the Grizzlies beating Dallas last week, I mean, the job they did on Kyrie Oof. was fantastic. That's why I said that was the difference. We keep saying, like, the offense is good. Yeah, the offense is good because the defense is great. Yeah. And that game was indicative of when to trap, who's trapping, and who's covering up for the trap person. Right. They did a terrific job of funneling the, funneling the ball to the lesser offensive players' hands, which is something we did not do against Phoenix. The first time we played against Devin Booker did, allowed him to just do too much and win that basketball game. When I thought against Dallas, you realize they had only one of their guys. And if a team only has one of their guys, you got to do the best you can to take away that one guy. Yeah. And I thought that Dallas game, they did just that. They took away the guy. And then the Grizzlies have a home-and-home home with Houston. Dylan Brooks makes his first appearance at FedEx Forum. That's going to be great. No, I, I saw – I was watching football – and the Cincinnati Bengals score a touchdown. And after they score a touchdown, I see them doing the dance that the Grizzlies used to do, the Dylan dance. Mm -hmm. And the, we used to come out the tunnel. Right. And I just sat there and said, look at this influence that where, where this team has influenced professional sports, where that team had done it. And a big part of that 
was was dealing in his mentality and how it went down. And so it'll be good to see him back. You you know, I don't care where he goes and plays. I don't care what no Grizzlies fans say. He will forever be one of my most favorite people to call games for. The mentality at which he plays, which he plays the game, I love it. There are times does he frustrate the hell out of you? Yes, but I love everything about how he approaches the game and how he plays the game. The great Grizzly, for sure. And uh, it'll be good to see. It was good to see him in Houston. And, it was. Uh, it'll be good to see him back in FedEx. And form. here's the thing: everybody can say whatever they want. There wasn't one person that did not go up and hug Dylan Brooks from our organization mm -hmm. when we went to Houston. Yeah. So just for all y'all out there, for people listening that think there's something. There was not one person from our organization that did not go up and hug, greet, talk, smile with Dylan Brooks before that Player, Houston game. Player, staffer. Everybody. everybody. Yep. Yeah. It was, uh, it was impressive. He, he was a great Grizzly, no doubt about it. And it'll be good to see him at FedEx Forum. In-season tournament, man. I love it. Have you been jacked? Have you been fired <laughs> up about it? I'm beyond, and, and the thing was, I thought that when you're out of it, you'd just be like, ah, oh, whatever, this is dumb. Yeah, we didn't really experience it. <laughs> we, we didn't, I mean, <laughs> next year we'll be it next year. over before it started. <laughs> so, so, next, so next year we'll be, it, it'll be even yeah. more. But, I mean, just to watch these games at this point and, and see guys playing the way that they're playing that this early in the season, uh, I, I think it's been, it's been good for the league. And, and for all those people that say, oh, they're playing hard now, guess what? All jobs have incentives. And when that incentive is put in front of you, you work a little bit harder to attain that incentive. Yeah. And so that's what guys have done. There's an incentive out there to do it. They've gone out there and they tried to, to go and attain it. The other thing is, for everyone that's watching, this is no longer the sport of basketball for the people that are involved in it. It's the business of basketball. So for all of your feelings of when you were little running around the park playing, we had those feelings also. But once you get to this level, that feeling dissipates. It's not the same because the moves that are made, the decisions that are made are mostly business decisions that are made by teams, organizations. And so as, and so as a player, you have to make the same decisions. So this is the business of basketball that they're out there playing. The sport of basketball stopped a long time ago. Here are your semifinals. Pacers, Bucks in Vegas. Yes. Bucks, four and a half point favorite. Who do you like? I'm not going against the Pacers. They, they, I'm, I'm, uh, and and for, for the simple fact that there's something, that when teams have a vibe about them, there's a spirit about you for some reason. Indiana, not, not to say Indiana is better than Milwaukee. Milwaukee will probably beat them in a series because they have two dominant people. But in a one-off, one game, when a team is super hungry for something positive. Indiana Pacers haven't had positivity around that organization in a long time. This, is, this, is, this gives them, this is a legitimate thing for them to continue to boost, to give something for their fans. And so... Uh, I'm not going to go against the Pacers. I, do I think the Bucks may be a better team? Maybe. But right now, the Indiana Pacers have something that is there that is hard to just put your finger on. Here's what type of game that's going to be. Uh, Grizzlies and the Pistons, uh, for example, tonight their over-under total is 219 points. Uh, Milwaukee, Indiana, their total over-under is 254. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, like, 254. You got, you got one team that's averaging 120, and they put up 140 on a regular basis. <laughs> Jeez. And how about Tyrese Halliburton? Unbelievable. People, yeah, people say, well, did Sacramento make a mistake? Hell no, Sacramento ain't making no mistake. They still got – Sacramento has damn near the, the, a top five point guard that still plays for them. Yeah. That gives them 30 a night. 
and has them winning and doing what they need. They were just, they couldn't have both. No. They realized it, so how do you maximize? Let's try to get somebody for this gun. So we go out and get some bonus. We, we, we need somebody, another facilitator, to allow De'Aaron Fox to be the scoring point guard that he can be. And so they made a decision that was good for their team and was good for Halliburton. And he is just, we all, we've, when he was coming out, I said, this dude is special. So I was on about him. And he's just showing how special he is. Yeah. Uh, Pelicans and Lakers. Lakers yes. are a point and a half favorite. That's, I, and, and I'm not, again, not going against the underdog in this because I think it's the, this is a matchup game. The Phoenix game, the Lakers were able to outman the Phoenix Suns. Suns just were too small. Right. They were very reliant on their two guys having to go large, and, and, and they made big shots when they had to. But just the size differential between those two teams gave the Lakers a, a, a leg up. There's no size differential yeah. with, this, with the Pelicans team. And the Pelicans have gotten their energy guys back. Alvarado's back. Herb Jones is out there playing. And so I, I think the, the third, the kid the third is – is back shooting the ball again also. I always forget his name. Uh, Trey, Trey, somebody to third him. He's back. And so with, with Zion, Valanchunas, uh, C.J. McCollum, they, they have enough firepower. Trey Murphy to third. That's him. Uh, and, and so they have the firepower. They have the length. I think we, this, what, what has happened, we got to have two excellent basketball games for semifinals. I think it's, it's unbelievable that – you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, standalone tournament games. Saturday, there are no games in the NBA Saturday except for the one standalone championship game. <laughs> How about that? That's kind of cool. I mean, I, I, I've warmed up to it. I don't know if I'm overly excited about it yet, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I've gotten more and more intrigued as it's gone along. And, and I think that's good. I, I think that's good for the NBA that people like myself are – at least because it's going to take a long time to get used to this. Yes, thing. yes, you know, of course. I mean, we're not used to this in our American sports. Everything's just season. So, so I think it's good that if people are just getting intrigued, I think it's good for the NBA going forward. Now, one thing that needs to change, this whole point differential has got to change. Well, I think that's – I think we – this was, this was a, it was a test this year. This is yeah. the incubator. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Too, too many problems with guys being upset and just – you know, uh, so not th the spirit of the game. Exactly. And, and guys don't want to do that. And, and I think that be, because you've heard it, and it's not from just players, you've heard it from coaches, I think because we've heard it from the people that are playing the game, not, not all of us that are on the outside of the mm -hmm. game. Like, uh, everybody thinks there has a voice when you're outside. But the people that are within the game have had enough to say about it that I think they'll make that adjustment as yeah. to how – it can be better than going with that because, as you said, you don't want to lose the integrity of basketball. Guys don't want to be out there up by 25 and you still got guys. Another thing is you put guys in jeopardy of being hurt. Yeah. And, and minutes that mean nothing, that they consequently, they wouldn't be out there if this was a regular situation. But the other thing I think is done, though, is it's gotten eyes to watch NBA basketball when it's the NFL going on, college football is winding down, college basketball is going on. And so when all you have, you have all of these other major sports going on, it's gotten people to watch the NBA, I think, a lot more than they would have in the past. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, before Christmas. Yes, exactly. Usually yeah. after Christmas is when it, we kick in. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all I got. You, you played golf in Phoenix this week with a fox. I, I, I did. I had, I had Fox played three holes with me and, me and my buddy Moody. We, we had a, took some pictures of it. 
I hit a couple good drives. Maybe because I was playing well on those holes. It wanted to take it in. <laughs> Thought it was the Tiger Woods from Stanford. Right. It was the Brevin Knight from Stanford. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, here on this edition of Night Court. I uh, hope you enjoyed us uh, here in this ballroom in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, no birds, man. No wind chimes. Probably just a big echo. That's <laughs> exactly. All. Yeah, it will be an echo. I should have. I should just put some wind chimes on the phone just for those at home that love to hear the wind chimes. Yeah, that's right. But we'll be back to the chimes <laughs> next week. <laughs> Thanks for joining us uh, here on the program. We'll be back again next week, and uh, you can join us then here on Night Court. Make sure you subscribe and. Uh, I don't know, reply, whatever you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, send us Where do they find us at? Um, you can find us on Twitter at NightCourt22. And uh, you know where to find the podcast because you're listening to it right now. <laughs> I love it. All right, that'll do it for us. For BK, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us here on Night Court. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.